Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to That Healing Feeling. I'm Torsi and I created this podcast talking all things well-being, what makes us feel the absolute best in ourselves, and how we overcome challenges and heal with positivity and strength. It was so amazing to speak to Alice Deering in this week's episode. Alice is one of Great Britain's top female marathon swimmers, and she has represented Great Britain in numerous international competitions. Throughout the episode, we speak about Alice's journey with swimming, including a consideration of both the physical and mental sides of competitive sport, challenges Alice has overcome in her journey as an athlete, the postponement of the Olympics to 2021, and we also explore the wide-ranging benefits of open water swimming for everyone. We go on to speak about Alice's incredible work in empowering diversity within the swimming sphere, in which she is raising awareness that black lives matter in all aspects of life, including sport. Alice is so inspirational and I really hope you enjoy this episode. Alice, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited. No, no problem. Thanks so much for having me. Really cool what you're doing. I love it. Honestly, I'm so excited to speak to you because I grew up in the pool. I absolutely love swimming. And Mm. I have recently become really into open water swimming. And I'm so excited to speak to you about your swimming journey and kind of any tips you have for open water swimming and marathon swimming, but also the fact that you're such an amazing, inspiring voice for driving diversity in the pool and in sport today, which is just so exciting. Oh, thanks. Yeah. And yeah, hopefully I've got some tips for you. I always think I haven't got much knowledge about it, but obviously I have, but yeah. (laughs) You definitely do. How are you doing though? Um, like I wanted to ask you because obviously, um, swimming is I mean in the pool trainings in the pool right so what's happening if, with the pandemic has has this impacted your training a lot yeah at the very start obviously everything got closed pools got closed and the Olympic qualification was still on and the Olympics were still on at the time this all got closed yeah, so I was panicking I'd wake up every morning and check all the websites to see if they'd announced that anything had been cancelled yet and it was like, oh, yeah, they said the Olympics are still going ahead. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I can't swim. Yeah. Um, it's, it's six weeks out from the Olympic qualification. What am I going to do? And, and now, like, looking back on it, it was quite obvious it was going to get cancelled where everything was going. But at the time, everybody was saying, oh, no, it will still go ahead. You need to do whatever you can to stay fit. And, and I was just like, oh, my God, okay. But it ended up being about 
nine weeks out of the water, which for me is like, I haven't had that long out in like 15 years. Like there's no exaggeration. No, yeah, so I, um, unfortunately back in now, there's like a few elite swimmers who have allowed to like go back okay. and really be one of those. But um, it was a tough time. <laughs> yeah, and it is. It's just such a big change in so many ways. And it is an anxious time for everyone, I think. And like, that's the thing, like with running, you can go on a run, but you need access to a pool or somewhere where you can do your swimming. Um, and in terms of open water, is there anywhere you can train in the open water or do you do most of your training in the pool? Yeah, interestingly, I do most of my training in the pool. Yeah, um, I'd say 95% of it is done in the pool and then the other 5% is done in open water when I go to competitions. I don't do much of it in Britain. FINA competition, so the governing body of swimming, the lowest the temperature can go is 16 degrees or else that right. they'll, they'll cancel the race or just won't hold it in somewhere that cold. Yeah. But apparently the bodies of water around me are still at like 14 degrees. So, I mean, I probably could give it a go and be fine, but for me, it's probably just a bit too cold. <laughs> no, it's so bad. So I did, the, have you, must, you must have heard the Great North Swim. I mean, yeah. 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 So I did that yeah. last year, did the five kilometre um nice. which was super fun but freezing yeah <laughs> I did um I did the two mile the year before so I've been like building up um mm. and I loved it but that year it was so much warmer so it was just a lot less kind of aggressive when I went in last year like it was so cold and I guess with 5k it's long enough for you to kind of start cooling down again in the water yes yeah um, so I definitely I was kind of aiming for under an hour and a half but it just it was very choppy as well but this is what I mean oh. so I say an hour and a half like for me I don't think that's too bad but then I was looking at your mm. time Alice and you get like <laughs> it's ridiculous wait text, so what is your I don't know if I'd seen your personal but I saw you got 204 for one marathon which is like, yeah what's your is that your personal best okay so Technically, my PB, I suppose, would be like 145 or something, something like that. But it had currents, and somehow the currents worked out. Even though it was a rectangular course, we had currents working for us on both sides of the course. Okay. So we are just in like an infinite loop of like getting pushed around, basically, until the last part of the race where we had to swim against it once. Okay. But um, yeah, it ended up being a stupidly fast time. But yeah, on, on average, women look to do it in about... I think some of them touched down into like 155 now. I think World Championships was about one, maybe 158, the winning time. And I was just off that. But um, yeah, it's like crazy fast. That like gives me shivers. <laughs> <laughs> That's so impressive. I, uh, just amazing. I'm really keen to do my first swimming marathon next year. Nice. So, That's cool. and, and it is a big step up. This is the thing with marathons, which I find so funny. Because so people be like, okay, I'll do a half marathon. And then I'll do a marathon. It's like, it is double. Like, it's a Yeah, step. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm definitely going to need to put the training in. But I wanted to ask, what, um, what kind of drove you to go into endurance? Because obviously, like, I love, I love endurance. I love adventure races. I love long distance. And I think some people get so confused. They're like, why would you do that for so long? What is it that got you into endurance? No, honestly, I hear that from so many swimmers. Like you say, yeah. oh, I'm a marathon swimmer. And they look at you like, oh, you're the weird one. <laughs> um, so basically, I did distance swimming in the pool initially. So I started off as a 400 IM swimmer when I was like nine years old. Mm. And then I did 200 fly and then went into 4-3 and 8-3 and just ended up being better at the freestyle events. 
and I just got picked for an open water race once and it was my very very first time in open water and it was a marathon what? like I can't yeah honestly do you know like blissful ignorance I was like yeah. oh I do 8k sessions in the pool so like a 10k race it shouldn't be that hot famous last words honestly yeah <laughs> I got in the race and it was 14 15 degrees without a wetsuit it was freezing yeah it's at the time when <laughs> wetsuits weren't permitted in like international races like that and I was like oh my god I must have been like 45 kilograms I was like the tiniest thing ever yes you do that makes me like, my heart like ache <laughs> I somehow made it round and finished. Like me and my roommate made a pact that no matter what, we'd finish the race. And we both did. It's one of our proudest moments, actually. And then off the back of that, I qualified for European juniors. And then like British women were kind of like, oh, you're quite good at this. We'll give you like more opportunities to get more experience because open water is mostly experience. You can be one of the fastest swimmers in the world. If you don't know how to structure a race properly, it might not play off for you. And um, so I was very fortunate to be given loads of experience and like help improve myself. Definitely. And with swimming, so did, did, you, did you start from a young age? Because I feel like lots of these pro swimmers start so young. Because, yeah, I was in the pool from such a young age and like just did so much. It's, it's much harder, I think, to kind of get really good at it when you're older. Whereas I feel like yeah. running, you maybe can get better like in your teens no definitely um I learned to swim at about five or six and then me and my brother joined a swimming club when I was eight and he was 13 and we got there and eventually we realized that it was a bit too late for my brother he was still progressing well but he'd missed out on like about four years of like core development which is such a shame obviously it was just the right time for me to get into it and but yeah you're right I knew some people who had been swimming with swimming clubs since they were five six years old and that kind of blew my mind at the time because that's still that's like a high proportion of your life like at that time to be swimming if that makes sense so um but yeah it is a shame that how just swimming works you kind of have to be in it at a young age I'm not saying that people can't join and get involved now you definitely can but if you want to get to a very high elite level unless you're there's a really good example of Penny and Leslie She's the Olympic champion in the 100 free. I heard she started swimming when she was like 13 years old and then was on the Olympic team at 15. It was something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah, honestly. What? Like that two that two year curve. That's like I'm it takes 10 years, but yeah, <laughs> I that's couldn't believe mad. it. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. It's crazy actually. I want to bring us back to the Olympics though, because um firstly so cool that like I'm speaking to someone who's gonna who will be in the Olympics. Um <laughs> It's so cool. Um, now that it's in 2021, have you just kind of accepted it and you're going to use it as like an opportunity just to just really grow and focus over the next year? Are you disappointed or is, is it kind of a mixture of emotions? So at first, I was like, I was like happy because I was like, okay, I can't swim anyway, so this is definitely the right call. But then things started to kick in because I was like, I'd been in such a good place in both my body and mind in the sport than I ever had been in my whole life. and I started to question whether I could get back to that and I wasn't so worried about the physical side it was the mental side where I was like I've really been enjoying the sport and I'm really I'm really happy right now and to just have to put everything on hold and say okay you have to wait another year before you can have this chance it did hurt me and like obviously I'm fine now but like for a good few days I was kind of I was quite down about it but yeah yeah, I ended up rationalizing that like I have another year I've got time on my side in the sense that but I'm in the younger end 
of the elite side of my sport. So I still have Paris 2024 would still be like a very doable thing for me if I wanted to. So, um, yeah, I just kind of have to wait and hope that things fall in the right place when it comes around. <laughs> yeah. And you're, are you 20, you're 23, right? 23. 23, yeah. So young and you've so much. <laughs> you were the World Junior Open Water Champion in 2016, which is yeah. just insane. Yeah. How was that? What was the feeling of winning that? Was that just... That actually meant a lot for me because I went in 2014 as well for the 7.5k race. And there was four of us in the final group, right in the first, in the like lead pack. And I got touched out by like 0.7 of a second. And I was heartbroken. Like it really, like it really upset me. And um, I was like, I really wanted to end my junior career on a high. I I was going to go to European juniors the year after, but that would be my last world juniors. Mm. And 2016 rolls around and they're like, oh, they changed the junior categories so you'll be able to swim and I had an option of going to world juniors or the European championships because the European championships were literally the week before the world juniors so I couldn't do both and I was like like I probably should go to the senior championships but I I've got some wrongs to write with this competition so I went there and it was one of those races where I just played everything right I made a few mistakes but um the beauty of junior swimming is I was very fortunate when I made a mistake I could write it very quickly I'm not saying juniors aren't intelligent but obviously there's inexperience there yeah the level of fear was just too high yeah so I honestly it was it's one of like my proudest moments because um I was in third place going into like the final 25 meters and I just like I sprinted back past both of them and that won <laughs> amazing I just can't imagine it though because it's like in marathon running when you see it like it's so long and all that makes the difference is that small finishing time period. Like the fact that you can be touched out in a marathon in 0.7 seconds is just <laughs> crazy. Amazing. So if anyone was wanting to get into open water swimming, because obviously it's, you do it to a super competitive level. So there's kind of some people who do open water swimming because they do the races and they do kind of adventure races and stuff. Um, and then there's also people I think who do it because it's that feeling of kind of getting in the getting in the water in the morning, like with the sunrise. Yeah. yeah. And I was I love both sides, and I'm sure you do too. Um, so, if you had any tips for kind of both sides, like what would your tips be for people who are kind of wanting to maybe try or get Ooh. into swimming? Nice. Yeah. So I I always think it is such a refreshing sport. Like like you said, even if you just get in for five minutes in the morning, and I've heard the health benefits are actually really good for you like cold water swimming and also I think mentally like it just builds up some kind of resilience in you because I think like I've I've looked at some of the bodies of water I've swam in and I think if I can swim in that there's a lot my mind can do when I want to put it to it I'm not an outdoorsy person at all I'm not gonna lie like I hate dirt I'm not a camping person (laughs) so for me to do open water swimming it is putting me miles outside my comfort zone I think it's built up something in me that I never really thought was there and never expected to see. And I think a lot of open water swimmers end up getting the same kick out of it of like, that just swimming in nature and experiencing a different side of swimming that like a pool can't give you. Yeah, definitely. It's so cool. Do you ever swim in the sea? Yeah, we do actually. Um, like the majority of the competitions we go to now like kind of end up being in the sea like the last one I did was in the sea and then world championships was as well so there's like 
there's different elements that you have to deal with there like with yeah. the salt water and yeah <laughs> is it more challenging in the sea would you say I always think so there's, it's much more affected by the elements but the odds are with the lake you have more chance of it being flat and calm but with the sea you've got more chance of it being wavy I think and then the salt water although it does make you more buoyant it's getting very scientific like, it makes you more buoyant <laughs> but like obviously you get dehydrated more and um so that means you have to feed more and if it's like a hot competition there's more heat there then you've got to think about your feeding strategy better and stuff like that so yeah, I feel like it does change the strategy of the races I find it quite um, hard nutrition wise, even in my 5k, because they'd have these like little boats after each lap and you could kind of have like cliff bar and stuff. Do you ever have cliff bar? I love them, like cliff gels. They are good. You have those, um, the gels or the like little um, cube things. Yeah. Imagine eating a whole cliff no, yeah. bar. It would like sit in your stomach. Be sick. <laughs> well, no, this, is, this is the mad thing. So at World Championships, they do 25k races and these are called the ultra. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> okay so where i can like draw the limit i'm like okay those people are just yeah, mad. No. like they can they can <laughs> legit honestly like no, i can't imagine doing normal. that um so they do these races and with the feeding stations they'll have like nutella sandwiches for them because they obviously need something more yeah i don't know how they do it <laughs> I don't know. This is the thing that I kind of laugh about it, but those are the kind of things I would love to say I do. I've always been drawn to, like, even when I was younger, I'd always be drawn to marathons and marathon trail runs. And I've just always been someone who is obsessed with the really like, intense distance. I don't know why. It's really interesting. But like mm -hmm. you were saying earlier, it really is a test for mental strength, isn't it? These long distance races. Competitive sport, I think you've got to keep yourself going, right? Your mind can stop you. Um, yeah. How do you kind of manage that in terms of your mentality? Is there anything you do to kind of keep that strong? I, yeah, I've, like, I have struggled with mental health before. I'm not going to lie. I think the majority of athletes probably do, but um, it's just, it's getting more discussed, but like, it's not that widely known. And I just, like, I know everyone has low days, but like, when I have my low times, I just kind of like, I try to ride it out and... I like I kind of know what works for me I just just need to take a step back from things like I get off my phone because norm, yeah. normally it's triggered by something I've seen on my phone or something like it's normally a catalyst for it so I try to get off that when you see something sad then you're like oh I need to pick myself up so you scroll some more see something else that, that annoys you or makes you sad and then so I try to do that I'm really into my video games so oh, really? normally yeah <laughs> I love that, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, I play a lot of video games and normally I come off that probably feeling a bit mentally tired, then at the same time mentally happier. So it's like it's like a good trade-off, if that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, just basically do stuff like that, just stuff I know that makes me happy because it's, it's very personal to everybody, isn't it? Definitely. And I think it's just, yeah, it's kind of taking yourself away from those things that kind of bring out any sadness, I guess. And that, and it's great that we're speaking about, like you say, because it, it is being more discussed in kind of sport, mm. but it's, it's really good to speak about. But yeah, like you say, it's just kind of finding those things that make you feel great outside of the sport as well. I, when I grew up swimming, I was obviously, obviously not doing marathon swimming. Um, I, I was kind of competitively swimming until I was about 12. And then I kind of went into, I, I shifted to biathlon and then I went into running. Um, oh. I think it's just because I could manage 
running a lot easier. And this is due to this time commitment, right? Because swimming, you have to commit to so many hours of swimming, right? Yeah. In a week. Yeah. So how did you kind of manage that with everything? And then kind of also finding time to do things that you love yourself kind of away from the sport. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mm. So I've always done education with, um, with my swimming, right? And when I came to uni, I was like, I don't really want that to stop because I really like to have something else alongside swimming to keep my mind occupied otherwise I'm kind of one of these people who will overanalyze this training session and overthink it and tell myself I'm not good enough and then go back to the next session and not perform well because I've been repeating these things to myself so having uni and I do like six years of higher education while swimming is a bit mental but oh. um, like it just gives me something else to put my mind on and um, I'm really lucky like, because I've got to a high level in my sport. Loughborough have been really accommodating with everything and like, have allowed me to just be able to do both really well. And I'm really grateful for that. But like, I like to think I have really good time management because I, I kind of have to, I guess. I've been forced to. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm like quite lazy in myself. Generally, I'm quite a lazy person. I'm not going to lie. But I know when I can work hard and I know when I can be lazy. And I think that's the fine line. I've never missed the deadline or anything like that. And I'm always on time to training. And I, I don't really know how I do it because lockdown has made me look at 24 hours and it seems so short now. But before I used to get in like two hours of training in the morning, a two hour nap, time for work, time for uni, and then two hours swimming again. I, I'll get back into it. But like, it's a bit mental thinking about it. <laughs> It's so funny that you say you're lazy because honestly, no one, I don't think anyone in the world would be like, oh yeah, Alice, she's lazy. Yeah. <laughs> no, my mum would. <laughs> this is the thing though, because I, I think I'm the same as you because, I mean, I'm not the same in the sense I'm a GB marathon swimmer, just because yeah. out there. But um, I am not lazy at all when it comes to, yeah, uni. I've always been super motivated with work training but in like the house i'll be like sitting down close to the fridge than anyone in my family and i'll be like oh can someone get me the ketchup yes <laughs> yeah no i'm exactly the same yeah literally it's quite bad like i'll just be like i'll be like meters away from something i'll be like my boyfriend oh rob can you get this for me please and he and he'll be like are you being serious and i'll be like oh please <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's little yeah. things like that <laughs> yeah, literally. um so what's so cool like about you is that you're obviously so committed and you've got there's so many things going on in your life in terms of all your training and uni and everything and you're still managing to 
being an incredible voice for empowering diversity within swimming, <laughs> which is just so inspirational. I mean, amazing that you can use your voice in such a passionately progressive way. I've been kind of looking into all the things you're doing and you're, you're a co-founder of Black Swimming Association, which is educating on safety in the water and breaking these barriers of stereotypes. And I just wanted to maybe go into this a little bit, like how you want to kind of use this in your future. Yeah, so there's very few like black elite swimmers um, at the moment. There's quite a few coming through, which I'm really excited by. But like as my current generation of elite swimmer, I guess, I am currently the only one. But like the whole point of me speaking out is to just raise awareness about this. Because like you said, I think quite a few people just aren't aware. And um, like black people themselves, um, generally when I've spoken to black people, they're shocked that I swim because quote I literally quote black people don't get in the water like black people don't swim and um it's it's like it's a cultural issue within black people and other ethnic minorities that the best water safety they can practice is not getting in the water and not learning to swim and I think that's just so wrong because it's a life skill you should know how to swim it could literally save your life one day and um we really just want to educate people and help people understand that swimming can be an activity or a sport for them and dispel the myths and stereotypes that surround it because I sound like I'm blaming black people for these issues I'm really not like not these are issues that have been put on by systemic institutionalized repeated racism and it's just eventually come down to these issues where you have young black children drowning when they can't swim and if it, like if you're told it's not a sport for you by both society and the issues which have been placed upon your race then you're not going to get in the water and you're not going to give it a try so that's basically what the black Association is trying to do is just raise awareness around it on workshops going to schools with a lot of black children and ethnic minorities in and just preach the good word that swimming can literally save your life and help and also it can also get like so many opportunities for you like I credit absolutely everything I have in my life right now to swimming because I like I wouldn't be here talking to you without swimming I wouldn't be at Loughborough Uni without swimming there's so much I wouldn't have had without swimming and even if you don't get to the the level I'm at of attempting to qualify for the Olympics even stuff like lifeguarding like a part-time job or coaching or swim teaching or I know people who have set up their own businesses through swimming like it just I, there's a lot of avenues that I think people can explore with the sport or an activity like yeah <laughs> no thank you so much for those words but it is true like you're saying like racism certainly remains alive within sport and within society and it's a cultural mindset which just needs to completely be dispelled mm-hmm. and this empowerment around the black lives matter movement which i'm mm-hmm. so i feel so privileged that i'm only learning and educating myself about rather than experiencing this is like, yeah it's Mm. I certainly have a long way to go to enhance my clarity for sure but in terms of within sport like yeah black lives matter in every aspect of life yeah but sport is included in that and swimming is for everyone sport is for everyone it's a joyful thing and it it truly contributes to my well-being so much and it's definitely got a central position in my life it yeah it would just be so amazing to see everyone feel like they can enjoy sport and explore sport and not Definitely. be restricted due to their cultural identity. And I think you're just, yeah, an incredible voice for that. And such oh, a role model. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah, no. Yeah. 
have you had any kind of challenges within this faced in your swimming journey mm. yeah so like I've been growing up I've always heard comments um not about me but comments other swimmers have said around me about but basically I'm just I'll just say non-white non-white people in swimming and I had quite a few I'm not gonna lie like and it's like each one was like once a year or something like that so multiply that by 15 years you get quite a few mm. and um those are just the ones I hear so but um it is it's just general ignorance I guess and these are literally children like we were children at the time like I just kind of know they wouldn't say that anymore but obviously the issue is within swimming if it's such a white sport and then you suddenly see somebody who's not white it's kind of like a shock and maybe you feel like you almost have to joke about it or comment on it because it's just something you're not used to and it's just breaking that barrier and making it a norm that it's not a shock to see a black person at a swimming club or at a swimming competition and it is getting that way but yeah. like I guess I'm talking from like 10 years ago which like doesn't seem like a long time ago now but like that is a whole decade and I think the sport has moved on but not as much as I think it could have and that's why I'm kind of like using my voice to amplify this but um the worst like issue of racism I've had that I'm aware of is a coach said to another swimmer I didn't know this coach by the way like I've never spoken to him in my life he called me a skinny n-word and I was 17 at the time do you know when you're like 17 and you think you're really old and mature but you're not <laughs> so I was like yeah honestly so yeah basically that happened I wasn't gonna like I wasn't going to do anything about it. Like, I was like, I don't know what I can do. Like, I, it's kind of bad, but I just kind of accepted that these kind of things happen and that by me, by me putting myself out there in the sport, I opened myself up to this treatment. Like, I know that's wrong, but that's kind of what I thought. And it had upset me. And I went and saw my coach and he, he could tell something was wrong with me. And um, I told him about it and he was appalled. It is appalling. Yeah, it is, it is really bad. Yeah. And at the time, I just maybe I didn't want to accept that it happened. So I just kind yeah. of boxed it up and was just like, oh, we'll just put it aside. But anyway, um, we, were, we went through the proper channels. We informed like the governing body. I had the option to go to the police in the end, but um, I didn't go to the police because I didn't want to put the person who told me through any extra effort of having to give a statement. And I don't, I don't know where it ended up. But um, I never really dwelled on it, to be honest. Like, as the more I started talking about these issues, it's kind of, like, brought it out of me, like, how I really felt about it, I guess. Yeah. How I shouldn't have been subject to that. And it kind of made me question, oh, is that what people think of me when they see me? And, I mean, it isn't. It's a reflection of him, not a reflection of me. The words he chose to use about me are, like, his problem. They're not, they're not mine, if that makes sense. And, Definitely. Um, yeah I just I just I guess I've like matured from it but it's a shame that that had to happen for me to understand racism in that sense if you know what I mean no definitely it's it's just it's shocking that that is still happening and it, it's appalling and like you say with this kind of it's a reflection when any when anyone says something horrible it truly is a reflection of their nature and their mm. and their issues and it's it's hard obviously so hard to see that and accept that at the time isn't it like you immediately kind of bring it onto yourself and overanalyze and think yeah. but yeah when anyone's saying 
something horrible like that it's it is such an incredible way for you to respond to be like that is their reflection but just yeah just quickly before we move on from this um like you say with children it is just ignorance and it's very rarely from a place of being maliciously horrible but that is an issue within itself yeah like he it shouldn't even be something that's being said out of ignorance and that's the problem and that's what needs to be addressed and that's what i'm hoping that people are learning about now and really their steps are really being taken to kind of yeah dispel the ignorance around it and yeah. 2020 has been a weird year not gonna lie um <laughs> but i am Very really weird. hoping that there's gonna be some really big essential shifts within society from this yeah. year and yeah it's, a, it's been a really challenging year in a lot of ways for i feel everyone i mean everyone's been affected um mm. by the coronavirus and yeah there's big there's big changes but it's i really hope that there are some massive shifts and that this can be reflected within sport and within society as well but yeah, you're doing an amazing job. Is there anything else that you, you're doing that you've got planned coming up? Like, I suppose when schools open back up, we'll be looking to go in to talk to them, like, as the Black Student Association and, yeah, just get, like, get people behind the movement and stuff and hopefully um, start to get, like, our groundwork put in and inform the right people on everything. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just talk about black hair in swimming real quick because oh, yeah, I think this is this is also another issue that I think quite a lot of people just aren't aware of. And like, it's kind of like, obviously, why would you be aware of it if it, it doesn't affect you? Like, I don't think you should feel bad about not being aware of it. It's just, it's never been brought to your attention. But basically, um, like chlorine water affects absolutely everybody's hair in a bad way. Mm. But it's like amplified for black people because I think it's especially bad on our hair for us to start with. And then our hair is such a symbol of who we are as a person. Like being a black woman, I see my Afro as like a symbol of my blackness, if that makes sense. And I'm really proud of it and I want it to look as good as it can. And something doesn't allow it to look as good as it can, like to be honest. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. It's just, it's difficult for black women to justify getting in the water when the hair is going to get so damaged. And so there's been quite a few companies who have made some incredible pieces of equipment which help protect like thick afro braids, even just like general long hair have made these products. And I'm working with a company called Soul Cap. Um, you can check them out on Instagram. They're really good. They're, just, they're basically made a swimming cap that's just bigger so you can get more hair in it. And it's options like these that young black girls and black women need to encourage them to get in the water because you see these tiny little swimming caps that can barely fit like a white person's hair. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then you see black girls with like braids uh, or thick hair and just know those, those caps aren't made for them really, let's be honest. So it's just, it's so good to see companies taking on this challenge and um, yeah, I'm working with Soul Cap around these issues and campaigning basically to show that there are options out there for people now because quite a lot of black women go oh I would swim but the issue of hair because it's such a long process for them so we're kind of like oh but we've got this for you now so hopefully it will challenge their perception of what they can do hopefully <laughs> oh that's wicked yeah it's just incre it's increasing that accessibility isn't it and definitely yeah, yeah that's it. offering solutions to where people feel restricted which is just fantastic yeah. 
That's amazing. Oh, I could talk to you for so long, but I'm going to have to wrap <laughs> up at some point. <laughs> no, yeah, sorry. I, it's like, I'm really chatty when I get going. So sorry. Oh, no, so am I. Don't, no, don't apologize. It's fantastic. We need chatty people on this podcast. Imagine if I had people who were just not <laughs> one word answer. I would just right. end up being the guest because I just speak the whole time. <laughs> honestly amazing speaking to you like you're so you're so inspiring um i have these three concluding questions i just love learning from my guests so the first one is what is one thing you do daily to make yourself feel your absolute best i think it's when i play video games i'm not gonna lie i was i was i was was thinking about this question for a bit and i was like i i always find time to play something during the day No, I love that. I think it's great though because it's just mm. I think meditation can take so many different forms. And I think like yeah. doing video games for you as like this hobby, which kind of you're yeah. focused on you're focused away from the external world for a few hours is actually probably yeah. really great because it's kind of takes your mind off the stresses and worries of the world and and maybe off the stress of a swimming session or something like that, which yeah. I think is so great. I mean that's Yeah, it. no, literally. Yeah, that's it. Like I'll get home and I'll just be like okay I need to I need my mind to unwind it, it definitely takes my mind away from like uni and swimming and puts me in like just a chilled out place so yeah I <laughs> know yeah, it's amazing we should all be doing things that make us chill, feel chilled every day way too fast-paced sometimes definitely. <laughs> okay so the second question is is there a goal you have or a way you want to grow in the next year oh okay so I mean this would have been like so easy if you'd asked me this at the start of the year because it would have been like, oh, I want to qualify for the Olympics. I want to swim at the Olympics. I want to do X, Y, and Z after the Olympics. But right now, it's just kind of like, I just want to get back swimming, and I want to get back to where I was. I'm not. I don't think I'm going to set a time frame on it, but hopefully by October time, I just want to be back in the same mind frame, in the same like physical state I was pre-COVID, just so I can hit the ground running, ready for the next season, and hopefully that will all go smoothly-ish. Like things have already been cancelled but we can hope it will be okay and just just roll with it and just get back to where I was in the water basically fab and then the last question which is my fave is do you have a mantra or a quote that you align to in your life for positivity okay so my, my kind of thinking around life is if you think it's a problem it'll become a problem so open water is quite a good example I'm quite chilled out about it like in terms of some people need to swim on the full course the day before or they need to swim on the full course before they do the actual race and personally I'm not that bothered by it because I kind of think it's it's water I know how to swim towards a boy as long as I know where I'm going I'll be fine so I try not to get stressed out about things which I can't control and I know that's so much easier said than done because I still get stressed out about them but like I try to rationalize everything as if you overthink it it will become a problem and then you have another problem that you don't need so just just let things happen naturally is what I kind of try to do it's put me in quite a good place um this last year I've kind of I've, I've thought that more and I ended up being somewhere where I was controlling absolutely everything I could in my life really well and then the things that I couldn't control, I was just like, I'll just let it, just let it be. Whatever happens with that, it will happen. And just, just focused on myself and like kind of looked inward in that sense. <laughs> no, that's amazing. And yeah, it's just kind of finding that place where you can try and stay present with what's actually happening as well. Because yeah, like when you, when you're constantly yeah, worrying about things that might be problems or 
yeah things yeah. That come up you're kind of taking yourself away from the present aren't you and that's great yeah for for sport and open water swimming but yeah also just for life as well so that's, mm. that's a wicked quote oh amazing thank you so much Alice this has been so great oh no no thanks for having me I've really enjoyed I, it oh I'm so glad no I've really loved speaking to you and it's just amazing learning from you and just hearing your story with swimming but also just like learning about how you're using your voice in such an incredible way I'm super super <laughs> impressed and I just love it <laughs> no thank you thank you so much getting to know Alice and learning about the positive influence that swimming has had within her life. Have a beautiful day today, sending love and light to you wherever you are. <laughs>